Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, hello, hello, everyone, or what I learned this week from Sandra from London, which all of our hearts go out regarding the loss of your queen. Um, Good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, the globe. <laughs> I hope I said that right. Hey, Darrow. Hey, Jay. Look at us. We're back together. How are We're you? Back. We're back. That's great. I love this. You know, one of my favorite words in this um, with our membership community is definitely collaboration. So, um, hey, would we do this again if someone called us up and said, can you come do a show for us? We said yes. And we said yes. So just to, re- hey, Jay, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. And I say yes. <laughs> All right. Well, just to remind those, this is the health checkup crew. Um, we did for 12 months a call every Wednesday um, and on medical topics. So I just want to remind everyone that this evening um, you have two retired from their profession of the chain of survival. So we have Darrow, our 911 dispatcher. Hey, Darrow, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm well. It's good to be back. Okay. Do you want to remind everyone what your role play in the chain of survival, what your job I is? Was a, I was a 911 dispatcher, police, fire, and EMS for 15 years. And my role tonight will be your 911 operator. Yeah. And by the way, thanks for sharing your 911 what you were doing that day and how you got called back in and you were one of the ham radios that helped with all that. Um, it was, that was, a, an yeah. it was a different yeah. day. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jay, how are you? Oh, I'm very good. All right. And I have uh, 19 years of being on the uh, fire rescue on the ambulance and as a diver. And working in the hospital. <laughs> Definitely. (laughs) So as always, um, this is Terry Suarez. I'm your critical care respiratory therapist. I am still licensed in the state of Florida. And just to remind everyone that this evening we will be discussing a medical condition and there may be some um, discussion on healthcare that if it's a trigger, we apologize, but this is a medical show education, but we will not be providing any medical advice. It is always very important to make sure you remember you are the MVP, the most valuable person, and your primary care physician is the one that is should be your coach, and you guys should work together on your management of your health journey. So I hope that helps everyone know what tonight's about. Um, what are we talking about? Highs and low. What? What are those words they were saying? What were we saying tonight? So let's go over some terminology, but we'll go around the room. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to give you guys some education about our roles on when emergency happens and give you some education about the difference of high and low blood sugars, which is hypoglycemia. The PO means low. And then hyperglycemia um, is considered high blood sugars. So we're going to talk about that, about the signs and symptoms and what it looks like. And then we're super excited as we have a feeling someone is going to have an event before the end of this call. And then what we'll do is we'll take questions, but I'll remind everyone again, we appreciate everybody, but this is not a how to treat your life journey. It's important for you to talk to your physician. We don't want to have any changes in your medicine that your physician is not involved in. So, all right. So Darrow, um, talk about, yes. Hi, Terry, this is Becky. And I just want to, before you guys get started, I just wanted to do a quick thank you to Herbie, who is streaming on ACB Media. We want to thank ACB Media for um, streaming this call so that people can um, listen in. Thank you, Allison, for being here as a host, um, and I'll let you guys take it away. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, Becky, thank you so much. 
Um, unfortunately, we were used to when we got into doing this that some of us did double duty. So thank you so much, because as always, um, it's more than uh, three that can make a team happen. So, all right, Darrow. That's for sure. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. The most important thing when you call 911 for help, if you can tell the 911 dispatcher one thing and one thing only, it's your address. That it, without that, it will very much slow down the response times. Yes, 911 gets your cell phone position if you're calling from a cell phone or your landline home position, but it still adds uncertainty and it really is important to give the 911 operator the address of where you, where you are currently. If you're not at home, give the address where you are. The other thing is always answer the questions to the best of your ability and try to be as short and direct as possible. Because all the questions that, especially when it comes to medicals, that the 911 dispatcher will ask you, have been the 911 dispatchers have been trained to ask these questions because what the 911 dispatcher is doing is trying to determine what type of response you need, how serious your medical emergency is, whether it be a diabetic emergency or anything else. And what do you need a paramedic? Do you need the fire department as first responders? What do you need? And so that's, that's the most important thing when you call address and answer the questions as best you can and follow any instructions that you're given by the 911 operator. Oh, that I'm so glad you covered how the triage per process works because a lot of people don't realize when the ambulance or um, shows up that there's two types of team. There's BLS, basic life support, and then advanced life support. And um, due to some of the restraints and burnouts that we're feeling because of COVID, um, a lot of protocols have changed of what kind of vehicle may show up. And um, I have heard some um, interesting stories, and that's why part of the job of the dispatching team is to make sure they get the right equipment out to you. But anytime you call 911, you never want to hesitate. Um, open, honest, and questions, but anything can change. And that's why sometimes you might have an over-response in certain rural areas because of the duration of time transport. Okay, Jay, let's remind everyone what it's like to be a firefighter, rescue diver, paramedic. Well, I just want to give them a little bit, also a little bit more terminology, because when they hear that they were responded with an EMT, that's basic life support. And a paramedic is advanced life support. The paramedic is basically the physician in the field. They have memorized and they can do almost everything that a physician can do in the field. And if they can also, if they're going to do an emergency cricoid, um, that's when they can establish an artificial airway. When you stop breathing or you've been in an accident and your airway is, because um, your ABCs is what an EMT should be able to provide, airway, breathing, and circulation with the paramedic. And if the paramedic can't enable to be um, put a temporary airway in, such as a subglottic or intubation, we can actually um, train them to cut and do a cricoid. Have you ever done a cricoid in the field? Didn't have to. Not oh. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> I mean, there is a few things difference. One is that we can administer drugs. We can shock. And if you, um, some of those difference, there's about seven different things that a paramedic can do than what an EMT cannot do. Well, we're really blessed in Florida. We have an aggressive state medical director and they have moved inner osseous um, access. So you've got the different ways of establishing IV access, which is intravenously, or you have inter osseous where we actually take a drill and it's really fast and you, it's not a lot of pain, but if you need one of these, you really don't care. And we use it, we can push fluid, we can push blood, we can do whatever drugs, whatever we need to do, medications to help with the resuscitation process. And I'm so glad that we were able to get EMTs in the state of Florida to be part of that team um, activity, because when you're doing 
resuscitation, especially if it's cardiac, um, we have uh, Collier County I was able to do research with and we developed what's called, I'm going to tell you something that you guys are excited about in the field. It's called the NASCAR team approach where basically depending on where you ride on the where you ride on the fire truck or what part of the team you immediately respond to the patient and where you stand at is what your role is so everybody knows when we get that call hey jay you're going to have the airway um darrow we had to pull you you're going to be doing compressions and um it is amazing how we've improved resuscitation rates um or what's called return of spontaneous circulations by this team approach. And it's very amazing watching the studies and the survival rates because we want everyone to survive. We can't save everyone, but we do our best, right, guys? Definitely. And the next thing is when their tones go off for us from the dispatcher, we're starting to figure out what equipment we're going to get immediately need. Yeah. So and when, go ahead. So when that tone goes off and we hear unknown response, well, we don't know what we're going to face. So who knows what? So then if we hear a diabetic crisis, we know what to, you know, our bag, we, we know what we're going to grab at first. It may change once we get there, but that's our first thought. And then what happens is, is um, if Jay is out there and they, they don't have enough help and the scene is either unsafe or need more backup, um, the call goes out and more help comes in. Once they stabilize the patient enough to transport, um, then they come into the hospital and that's where the doctor, the nurse, uh, respiratory therapist, and we are all there depending on what's going on. Um, so I think I need to know what time is it? What time is it? Allison? Time check. Okay, it is seven or eight thirteen. Eight thirteen. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, let's just go around the room, guys, and let's just focus on what it's like when a call would come in without the patient involvement and just go what people should be expecting, and then we'll have some fun. Darrow, what well. Diabetic emergencies are always tricky if the patient is not calling and a bystander calls and the patient is in a point where they're not making any sense or uh, unconscious even perhaps. And that's where, unfortunately, like Jay was saying, that's probably going to go out as an unknown medical, but that's why we'll still ask as much questions as we can. And if if you are a diabetic and you feel that you're about to you know, really get seriously ill because of your diabetes, it's a great idea for you to call because it's much better for you to call 911 yourself before anything really tragic happens and a bystander has to call because we'll get a lot less information like Jay needs to to get the fire department and ambulance response set up quickly for you. Thank you so much, Darrow. I just realized today I don't have my updated medical tag on anymore that I'm an asthmatic and a diabetic. And when I took that little trip today unexpectedly, that could have been really bad. That's why it's so important if you have a chronic illness condition that you wear your medical alerts because you never know when something's going to happen. And it only helps us help you survive. And um, okay, Jay, go ahead. Okay, so once that tone goes off, we're running to the ambulance. We're getting there as fast as we can. Once we get there, we're going to start taking, if we know it's a diabetic, we're going to still be taking all your vital signs, plus we're going to be taking your blood sugar and seeing where it's at. We're also going to be listening to you, seeing how you're breathing. We're going to be, um, we're going to be asking you questions to see how your mental status is. And we're, if there's anybody else around there, we're going to make ask them, is this normal or is this different? How is how has this person changed? So, Jay, let's go a little bit. We've got some time. Let's go a little bit deeper because um, when you graduated from firefighter, 
um, and paramedic schooling education. Did you get that little thing that you can put in the car where it tells you what's wrong or, you know, the little medical transponder that's on Star Trek um, where it reads what's wrong? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I... <laughs> all, all we get is a, uh, we do get a um, a pager and it does tell us, you know, with that page out, it tell you know, with, first it gives us our tones, then it tell um, when, after the tones are done, then it gives us what the situation might be, whether it be diabetic versus, um, or if it's just a me- uh, just a main medical call, they they may not know what's going on, or if it's yeah. a heart attack, or what. So the most important thing is Darrow. What is your role to establish when you hit that call button? What do you need? What's the first two three things you ask? Well, the first. The first thing, uh, what do you ask me when we page out the fire department? You mean that? Yeah, that? you know. Oh, first, first thing is, uh, as uh, I'm going to say it over and over again, the address, the fire department and ambulance can't come if they don't know where the, ad, where the emergency is and the type of emergency and anything that top level they need to know. For example, what floor are they on? Is the patient outside? Is the patient inside? Um, where are you? So if you're calling for yourself, it's always very important to let let the dispatcher know where, you know, you're standing out, you're, you're at the corner of Main and Maple Street, or you're, you're inside your house. And the dispatcher will ask you if your door is unlocked. Those are the type of things that if, if the door is locked and you can't get to the door, then even if it doesn't call medically for a fire department response, you'll get one anyway, because the fire department will do the forced entry. And that's another thing that we'll say right away in the page out, forced entry may be required. Those are the main things we want to tell the responders. And then once they sign on the air, they tell us they're en route. If we have any more information to give them, we will. Um, a lot of times, if it's a pediatric case or, L, you know, uh, elderly patient, possible diabetic emergency, possible, you know, low insulin level. If we have that level of information, we'll tell the, we'll tell the responders that once they sign on the air. But the main thing when we tone them out is address, and as Jay said, type of emergency. Where should they go? So Darrow and Jay, we need to talk about a very important um, point. So what do we do with our guide dogs when we have a medical emergency? What should we do to prepare for an emergency? Because with our guide dogs, we should contact either family or next day, next door neighbor. But even because before it, that, we should contact the local police station and make sure that the in your CAD system, which is a computer, what's it stand for again, Dara? Computer aided dispatching. Thank you. Explain how that role and that tool helps when you do your information but it only helps when people puts in the information into the CAD system. In other words, it's our responsibility that if you have a dog or you have special needs, that you're in a wheelchair, you're hard of hearing, um, you know, blind. The reason why is, is it's the more information we have, the better we're prepared to deal with the emergency. And we need your help to do that. So everyone on this call, please, we ask you, anybody out there listening in our ACB media, or if you're laid, laying back and relaxing on a re-podcast, please make sure you communicate. Call to, call 311, which is your government, your local government, and tell them you want to speak to someone regarding your special needs if you have a medical emergency, and then also go ahead and make sure you're on the preparedness list as well. Okay, Darrow, thank you so much. So what are some of the other things we should do with our guide dogs? Well, that can be a rather sticky uh, situation if you're not prepared for it. And as Jay said, you need to have somebody available to take care of your guide dog, or at least take over the care of your guide dog. Um, some patients might, some may insist that the blind dog go in the ambulance and, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to get into those discussions. You want to have a plan and you can tell when you call, like Terry suggested, tell them, I want to contact my neighbor 
Joe Smith at telephone number one, two, three, four, five, six. That way that can all start right away. The dispatcher can call that number and before the ambulance even gets there, it says, hey, can you go over to Joe's house and take care of his guide dog? Because first of all, there'll be chaos in the house. When the responders arrive, it's usually, you know, a lot of people can shake up a dog, even a guide dog. All of a sudden, all these people showing up. And uh, that way you have somebody that can, can control the animal while the patient's being worked on. Very important and, to do that. Yeah. And the reason why, Jay, Jay you want to put in about the guide dogs? Yes, for one thing is they, they will not understand us treating you at that time period because all they've seen is a bunch of strangers. Touching, they, their, touching their master, that's right. And the most important thing is, is um, part of scene safety is the safety of the staff members. So, you know, if, if they need to, there will be a police officer that shows up and will restrain the dog by maybe putting him in the back of the car or putting him in the closet. Um, you know, so it's always better to be prepared. And I don't know how much the schools do, but please reach out to GDUI and your guide dog organizations and make sure you have a plan. I messed that up. Um, okay. So then let's go through what happens at the hospital. Now, just know that Jay and his team that are in the field are going to be working on doing what's called differential diagnosis. So because we don't have the capability of the little car thing to hook up into your belly button and say, error message, G12, um, we have to play a game every time we get a patient. If you're alert, meaning that you're able to communicate with us, that makes our life a little easier, right, Jay? Oh, it sure does. Yeah. But it's those ones that don't talk. And we need to know that's more information. There are some members of our community in our world that um, are mute and they can't speak. That doesn't mean their eyes aren't open. They're able to communicate sign language, some kind of response of cognitive ability. The other thing that's important is, is, we we know how important it is to reach out and get you reunited with your trusty guide dog. We in the medical field really understand the importance of having your paws at bedside. But unfortunately, when there's a emergency situation, the whole entire team is going to be focusing on stabilizing you and doing all the testing. So usually... We don't ask to bring the guide dogs in or the medical service dogs at, within the first 24 hours or 48. Now, some ICUs will allow your guide dogs or medical service dogs to come in, but it is 100% that if you go into OR, your dog will not be allowed into the OR. Anywhere where there's a sterile field, um, your dog will not be able to be in there. So we Regarding what was going on with COVID, there was a lot of separations because we had to isolate those active patients. So I hope that helped answer some questions that people had reached out to me and trying to understand why, you know, they weren't, a, as they were feeling better, they were still in isolation um, and they couldn't be reunited with their guide dogs and medical service dogs. So please know if something happens, just the best thing to deal with anything is just sit around and talk about it. Right, Darrow and Jay? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And well, you're I right. Medical ahead. ID band saying you're diabetic. If you become yeah. a, that is so important. I know. I just realized because I switched vest on Duke, my medical service dog, and it didn't have his tag. Um, let's see. how. What time is it, Allison? It is 8.25. Okay. 8.25. Mm -hmm. Um. Is our vice president here? Um, Allison. Uh huh. Is Charles, Charles here? Charles is not here, Terry. Okay, okay. not here. All right. No. Okay. So, um, hey, I'm gonna go to Walmart and get some things. I'm gonna go cook breakfast for everyone tomorrow. So come on oh, over. Thank you. Yeah, come on over. We'll have a debriefing. You know, I'm gonna go cook. So I'm gonna go head off to Walmart.
All right. So I'm at Walmart and I got I got to make a phone call, guys. I got to go. Ring, ring. Darrow. 911, what's the address <laughs> of your emergency? I'm at the Walmart. You know, the Walmart right here in Claremont. You know, it's on this which, road. Which Walmart? <laughs> it's the Walmart. By, oh, it's right here. It's the Walmart that I'm at. I'm standing right in front of the Walmart. This Walmart that's on. Okay, wait a wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just there's this lady. Let me just tell you what's going on. Okay, there is this lady. She's walking around like she's drunk, and she's like hitting the wall with her head. And then she like fell over, and I tried to help her up, and she pushed me out of the way. But all I got was the word Becky out of her. Um. Okay. She's it's the Walmart on US twenty seven, and citrus tower road Can perfect you please send someone here because i don't know what to do what do i do what do i do okay, I, don't I have know a few i have a few questions to ask you first of all is the patient uh, you may have already told me this but i need to ask you again is the patient alert well i don't know what do i need to test her alertness i mean she's walking if you don't around know, if you don't know then you just say you don't know is the patient conscious that you should be able to tell yeah she's moving around Okay, so that confirms that she. But if she keeps hitting her head on that wall over there, I don't know why she keeps hitting that wall over there. And you're unable to communicate with her why she's doing that. She's mumbling and just saying weird words. I, it, she's not making sense to me. Okay, um, do you have any idea what the patient's medical history is? Hold on, let me see if she's got a something on her wrist or any kind of thing. Oh, she doesn't have. Oh, whoa, ma'am, I'm here to help you. Can I just, you know, can I just stand here and help? No. Oh, she's pushing me away. She's very okay, confused. Don't, okay. She's got an aroma on her too. I don't, I don't know what this is. Just get help here quickly, okay, please. Fine, help is on the way. But I have a couple of instructions for you. Very important. Stay away from the patient. Don't try to fight with her at all. Let her be. Well, I don't want to fight with her either. I just want to be a friend. I right. want to be a good citizen and and just, you know, protect her from, she keeps running into this wall like she thinks it's the door. Well, really, the best thing for you to do is just stay away from her and let her be because you might get hurt also. We don't need two patients. Oh, uh, okay, sir. Yeah, if, if you can, and if you can keep other people away from her, that would be great. Help is on the way. Uh, oh, it's okay. No it's okay, everybody. It's okay. Okay. I told everyone it's okay. She's going to, oh, there's something changing. She like tried to get, she's just sliding down the wall. I think okay. she's become unresponsive. What did you ask me about her alertness? It's no longer alert, whatever no longer that other alert. word. Okay. okay. So just you so need you know, to get help, help here. You need to get help, help here. Help. Help has already been dispatched. While we're talking, I entered it into the computer, and another dispatcher is actually toning out the responders as we speak. So help is already on the way for you. Is there anything I can do to help? Don't let, since we don't know what the emergency is, don't let the patient have anything to eat or drink. If you oh, can. oh, 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 I took a CPR class. I'm supposed to put her feet up in the air. Do I hold them straight up? It, I forgot well, what I'm supposed to do with her feet. Oh, am okay. I supposed to move her arms? Aren't I supposed to keep her awake? I see that on TV shows all okay. the time. Ma'am, ma'am, you yes. need to listen to me. You need to oh. stay away from the patient. Uh, but can you just do an assessment? Since the patient's now unconscious, can you tell is the patient breathing? Oh, my God. She's breathing like a machine, really. <laughs> okay. Help, help is on the way. Okay. Again. You just, can you have somebody go outside and meet uh, the paramedics? and Hey, you with the red shirt on, go out and get the ambulance. I sent okay. someone. Was that good enough? Uh, yes, it is. That's correct. The patient, okay. that way you get help the patient. Okay. Now, if anything changes, you call me back immediately. If the patient, if you determine the oh, patient. Don't leave, don't leave me. I've, I've, I can stay on, I'm I can nervous stay. and I don't want to do something wrong. I don't want to be sued. I live in okay, Florida. That's, that's I, why, just, I just, I don't oh, want her to accuse me of, you know, that I hurt and, her. Stay on the phone with me, please, please. Uh, that's no problem. I can do that. That's not a problem. Just so you know. Because oh, oh I hear the sirens. I hear the sirens. And just so you know, don't be surprised. I've also dispatched the police since the patient was combative. when you. First oh, wait, talked, wait. Are they going to arrest me? Coming? No, they're just coming to help subdue the patient if necessary. Oh, okay. Okay. Hi, Terry. So it's, 
It's 8.30. Okay, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay, I hear them. I hear them. Yay, here they come. Okay, great. Now, when they come, make sure you, everybody stand back. Let them, let, them do their, let them do their job. Don't, you know, if they need any help. You mean they this isn't the time to try to get a phone number from one of the firemen? Well, <laughs> no, perhaps after the patient has been transported and the firemen are still there putting the equipment back on their truck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Th thank you very much, Mamie. You did a wonderful job. Oh, I'm so nervous. I've never seen a real emergency. I hope I did everything right. Am I going to get sued? Do I need to call uh, my attorney? Uh, oh, let's not worry about that now. The main thing we're worried about now is getting the patient to the hospital and getting the patient care. Excuse That's me, fireman. Who? What's your name? Okay, don't please. Don't, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna end with you. The fire department is going to take over the scene now, so I'm going to end this call. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you very much for calling. Hey, do you need something done there? What are you doing? Oh, okay. okay. You want me to go stand over here? Okay. So we're going to be bringing our, what we call as our cot, in with all of our equipment that we're going to possibly need at that time uh, for there. And we're going to be taking their vital signs. We're going to be checking, uh, we'll recheck for responsiveness. Um, and at the same time period, we're going to be contacting the hospital at the same time period. Once hey, we get Jay, all, this is Dr. Suarez. Can you get me some vital signs, please? Definitely. Can I have Blood a pressure. heart rate? Blood pressure is 120 over 80. Heart rate, 130. What's the respirations? Respirations are at 30. <sighs> And labored. Okay. Any and aroma? Any other signs or symptoms that you can describe for me? Patient is unconscious right at this time period. Okay. Okay. Well, how and does the color and the turgor of the skin feel? Uh, the skin feels clammy. Okay. And then what we're going to also be uh, checking, um, since the person is unconscious, we're also going to be checking for um, the your glucose also at the same time period. Excellent. Can you get me a capnography and pulse oximetry as well? Let's go ahead and check that cardiopulmonary status. Can you get me what rhythm is she on on the three leads, please? Um, two on two lead. It is sinus rhythm. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and not waste time because she became unconscious. Can we go ahead and get that 12 lead? And I want you sent yep. over to the ER staff for can take a look at it. Um, Definitely. So and we're going to be uh, checking for the glucose, glucose. Um, let's just take it at 70. Now, Ooh, with okay. that is how with the rest of the signs and symptoms with this patient, because on any glue after 300, you can get a false reading. So you, have to take, so you have to take the patient, what the patient is exhibiting, even though they're going to still, the doctor's still going to tell I us. I don't, to, yeah, this is Dr. Suarez. I'm overriding that 70. I don't believe it. I don't trust it. Can you check the patient's capillary refill time on their fingertips and tell me what the perfusion is like? It is uh, slow to re. re okay. I want you to um, provide ABC, airway breathing circulation stabilization, and I want you to use the diesel. Get her into us. Well, the team will be ready. Thanks, Jay, and you guys for all you do. We'll see you in. And we're going to be. We're going to also be um, starting an IB, and we're going to be pushing a dextrose. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Travel safe. Definitely. I miss our sound effects <laughs> that we used and to have. <laughs> as we come into, as we're pushing, you know, we're pushing that dextrose. If the person becomes more alert. We know that it was a, uh, a low symptom. If the patient is not started coming back around, we definitely know that it was a high because of that reason. 
Hey, open the door of this ambulance. This is Dr. Suarez. What's going on inside of there? It was a quick trip. <laughs> we don't have our sound effects, remember? We forgot to talk about our sound effects we used to have. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're gonna, as we're pulling the patient out, get you know, packing up and everything else, and we're in there's just tell us which room they're gonna be calling the doctors gonna be calling for lab work checking for all the repeating all the information that we did um doubling it up all right well it looks like your patient's moving a little bit hello ma'am what's your name it's becky becky oh i have a dear friend named becky well, don't you worry. Jay's going to bring you out on this stretcher here, and he's going to conveniently work with Matt, and we're going to get you inside the hospital, and we'll get you feeling better. Are you a diabetic? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's get you inside, and we'll get you um, all fixed up and feeling better. Have you been ever hospitalized for your diabetes before? Mm -hmm. Has this ever happened to you before? Mm, no. Do you know what year it is? I think it's 2022. Okay. Do you know who the president is? Um, well, I know it's not Trump. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, we're going to get you inside and hook you up and see what's going on. All right, guys, get him, get her in, and let's get some fluids on board and get that lab stat. Let's see what her glucose is. I believe this is hypoglycemia, and we're going to help her out. Okay. So um, now what we'll do, time check? It is 837. Okay. So what we want to do, um, it's very important after resuscitation and everything that um, an event like this, we do what's called a team debriefing. So we go around the room, talk about what went wrong, where the opportunity improvements are, and also take a moment to celebrate um, what we were able to successfully through the chain of survival. Um, we did not do a lot of, Darrow, how did you feel the call went? Well, uh, from my perspective, I think the call went pretty well because I was able to get out of you the information that you could provide. You couldn't provide anything more, but by standard, not you, right. Being the I was in the hospital the whole time waiting for you. <laughs> oh, okay, well, you could be two places at once. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but being a bystander is so important, even though you guys heard, um, you know, what's what was going on and all that stuff. But you know what I decided? Let's see if we have anybody out there that wants to talk about the call instead of us talking about the call, because we did this. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years, but besides being a trainer of scenarios um, and having simulation labs and and actually doing these kind of drills on daily and weekly basis so what do you guys think jay you ready to get some questions out there from those oh, that most are listening? definitely okay so if you have a question regarding the scenario or a comment or a concern please raise your hands and we will have allison guide us along the way okay well jeanette has her hand raised so okay jeanette, go ahead i have to say the one time i had to go to the emergency room by ambulance one of two times everybody was great but a curious george wants to know if you can't get an iv and you have to drill to push those fluids where do you drill okay um there's actually several locations we can go on your shoulder we can go on the most popular one is actually your leg where um so you put your hand on your knee and go yep. down to the large bone, the femoral, um, yep. and that's where we'll drill. Because you're actually, it's very quick. It's like, and then we're in your bone marrow. And it's amazing um, what a difference that is. And then there are devices out in the field that um, we can use to stabilize it. I will place on health checkup um, 
Facebook page. And then I'll also share with the Diabetics in Action um, YouTube videos of how those work. Um, currently, we can't share those on this call. But those that are listening out there, um, just put in, you know, in interosseous or IO drills, and you'll be amazed of all the different ones. There's ones that we can put on your sternum, and the sternum is that breastbone right above your heart. Um, those are very popular for the military. Um, and unfortunately, that's because when you're in the front lines, some of the things that you run into is the amputation of your legs and your arms. And when an ID explodes, and again, please remember that this is a medical call, um, that the sternum might be the, the trunk of the body might be the only thing we are able to establish an IV. If that makes sense. Makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So large bones, we can do the humerus, we can do the shoulder, we can actually do the iliac crest, which is your hip bone, and then the femoral. And it's super quick. There's actually videos, and I actually had one done to demonstrate at a convention. Um, if you're alert and oriented, you know, the lidocaine that we use to numb you hurts more than the actual drilling. But I did at a convention um, have, a dr have one put in. So um, people could see that it wasn't painful. And you might be alert if we need to do it. It's all about getting that IV. If you're dehydrated, severely dehydrated, um, it's all about time. So even if you get one, don't worry. It's all good. We have the tools in the hospital to remove it when we need to remove it. But we have to get fluids in you and get you hydrated. Does that make sense? Allison, it do we absolutely does. Oh, great. I'm so glad because that's a great question. But we'll get some videos because once you hear it, once you experience it, um, you know, hearing it on the video, you'll understand what it is. Okay. Allison, do we got any other hands? We do. Next up, we have Herbie. Herbie. Oh, hey, Herbie. Thank Good. you for being our streamer tonight. Uh, you're we welcome. Um, this has been a very interesting, informative, and uh, just fascinating call, first of all. And I'm glad you're uh, doing this. And I'm going to have to tell our uh, ACB coordinator that you used NASCAR as your example early on, <laughs> because she is a big NASCAR <laughs> fan, our call coordinator, Colby. So, uh, Well, Kobe doesn't know it, but um, I know all the paramedics that work at um, this little place called Daytona 500 and Pepsi and all that. And I used to train them all. So, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> well, if you can get an ACB Presents tomorrow, you should tell her that. I mean, you know, because... Oh. What really. question do you have? My question is this, actually, and it's kind of a tech interesting one that maybe doesn't have a good answer. But we're in an age where you've got medical bracelets, you've got iPhone, you know, emergency medical things that are built into iPhones. Is one a better option over the other? Like, is the medical bracelet better than the medical ID over the phone because it's more noticeable? Or is the medical ID over the phone, you know, just... Any thoughts None on of that? them are okay. better than the other. Right, Jay? They're no, all, yeah, yeah, they're go all ahead. good. Yeah, because your phone might have it. And what's great about the phone is sometimes it travels if you're in a car accident or in a bus accident. Your phone might get separated from your body at this time. Um, so anywhere and everywhere that you can put information, we actually had some healthcare providers that I used to work with that they actually had tattoos put on them. And that is extreme, but you know, whatever a person feels comfortable, but yes, using your phone. Um, one of the important things we talked about this on Anthony Corona's show Sunday edition about nine 11, we learned if you just take a moment and put ice in your phone, I C E in case of emergency, but now that technology has kept up with us, um, you have your emergency contacts. Now, Darrow, I accidentally the other night <laughs> had a <laughs> little sugar <laughs> and I pressed, I was trying to get my phone to turn off because I'm very blessed to be a diabetic that it has the Freestyle Libre. 
Um, but in order to, to get it to be quiet after the five rings, you have to hit the dismiss button. Well, I'm an Android user, so I accidentally pushed my emergency button. And uh, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't call 911. It calls your emergency contacts. So um, Dara was a little concerned because he was not able to reach me. And it wasn't that I was in danger. It was just my phone had fallen underneath the bed. So what did he do? What did you do, Darrow? I dropped in on you. On my Echo device. Right. So make sure that you always have a plan B and make sure your emergency person has a plan B and as technology grows. But Herbie, can I take your question a little? How many hands do we have raised, Allison? We have two more at the moment, Okay, Terry. let me go to those two more. And then there's something that you brought up. I want to talk about invasive technology, invasive vital signs. And if we run out of time, um, maybe we'll ask to come back because those we need to have that conversation. All right, go ahead, Allison. Who's next? Thank okay, you, Herbie. Pat. Great question. Pat? Pat, you can unmute. Oh, and thanks, Allison. You're welcome. And uh, um, myself, uh, I have uh, a sister. She's a uh, pediatric specialist. But um, my question is, my mom, my mom, she's she's taken a couple of different medications, and I kind of want to know if you could tell me. Um, is there a way that I could, myself, I have vision. Um, so I want to be able to tell when something is a little off when it comes to reactions. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you know I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, Pat. And I really, really, really appreciate you. And that is a very important aspect of medicine of self-care is knowing in the medications and sounds like you're part of the care team for your mom. Right. Um, but it's not, I'm not able to spend a lot of time on that question for this call, but I want to direct you to other resources. Um, we're very blessed to have a good relationship with accessible pharmacies. Um, there's script talk where things can read, but you said you're cited. Um, what I recommend is creating a notebook and these are just recommendations. It's very important to contact your medical team of your mom to make sure you understand clear signs and symptoms. But if anything compromises her airway, her breathing and circulation, who do you call? 911, of course. Exactly. And what's Darrow going to do? Darrow, what are you going to do when Pat calls and there's something different about her? Well, I'm going to ask the questions like I did in the call, but, you know, one of the things that uh, I want to bring up is the fact that if the patient is alert, it's always one of the questions I will ask, I will tell the patient is please write down the list of your medications. That's one of our pre-arrival instructions we give, assuming it can be done. So always have a list of your medication, like write down the list of your mom's medications. You have it right handy. You just, you can pull out the piece of paper and hand it to a responder. Here's what she takes. Um, Jay, do you want to talk about um, the vial project? Well, and before, before, thanks, guys. Before I'm sorry? The, I was just saying oh. thanks. Oh, you're welcome, Pat. So one of the other projects, go ahead, Jay. Do you want to call, cover the what the vial project is? Not, well, okay. actually, I'm not sure on that one. Okay. Because I've been out of it for just a little bit. But before that is... What kind of resources do you have for contacting her? She has a cell phone, as you heard. The do you, yeah. Do you live with your mom, Pat? I think he went away. Eleven notifications. Well, yes, yes, actually, I do. Okay, and go ahead, Jay. He lives with his what? mom. Okay, okay. If you live with her, um, do you go to work? Uh, do you um? When you're um, not there, how how do you stay in contact with her? You know, I'm just trying to figure. You know, phone calls, phone calls, good. Okay, so when if there is something a little bit different when you're contacting her, 
you still want to give us a call and tell us, you know, just say there's something going on. She's not acting right. Jay, those were very, very good points. So So just listen to, so just, just listen to the way, way she's reacting to the questions I'm asking. Okay. Right. Correct. And this is a great conversation. Um, You know, we, we don't spend as much time with your body as you have. You've had it the whole time of your life and you spend more time with your mom than we have. So what we are going to ask is questions for you to tell us, like Jay said, and what Darrow said at the beginning, is this an abnormal behavior for your family member? And you have to be able to say, yeah, it's not normal. And we didn't go back and check on Becky. Let's go back to the ER and talk to Becky. Thank you. you. And I'm going to go ahead and mute. Oh, thank you, Pat. Wait, um, Allison, do we have any hands raised? We do. We have Tanya and then Becky is after Tanya. Okay, great. Well, let's take Tanya and then we'll take Becky. Our patient Becky or is it a different Becky? It's, It's her patient. Oh, it's a call bell call. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's get our question and then we'll check in with the patient. She's calling okay. for us. So we love that. Okay. Hi, Terry. This is Tanya. I'm from New York and I've been a diabetic for over 20, 21 years. And I would like to know, I like to know more about this, um, this device. I mean, uh, well, I, I call it a device anyway. I don't know why. Um, and there's a way that, you could send me an email for, uh, you know, to see the video. Okay. Which device are you speaking about? Because we threw out a lot of technology tonight. Um, which, which device were you talking? Cause some oh, of them you can't buy unless you're in medical. And it's I, a- I, I think it was a, the biomedical, uh, is that what it is? Like a medical ID, something like that. Oh, the medical ID, like a, a jewelry, like the bracelet and the yeah, necklace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. you can go, you can go to your local pharmacy, and you can get one of the. Um, okay, because I do have a pharmacy across the street from where I live. I well, that they really have it. Um, what I'm going to say, and then Becky can put this in. Um, we'll have that information, um, and I'll work with American um, ACB Diabetics in Action. And if we don't currently have a listing of different medical um, alert methods of bracelets, necklace, or jewelry, um, we'll get that information and be in our next newsletter. Because this month, we're going out quarterly, right, Becky? Yes, Becky? ma'am. Okay. And I don't know, are you a current member of ACB Diabetics? Yes, I am. Yes, okay. I am. All right. You know what? I will respond because you're a member um, to in our um, email thing and put out the latest information about medical alert bracelets, because there's some really neat stuff, but your phone is a great one as well um, oh, to put all your information. I'm sorry. That's a little bit of problem. I don't really, you know, I only have like a, um, a spectrum um, mobile LG. Oh, okay. Well, if no not, problem. If not always put ice in your phone in case of emergency. So what you do is they'll be labeled as ice and you put the phone number there and whoever has that information should know your information also. And the bracelets are pretty nice. Um, they're silver, they're gold, they're different ones, but there's been a lot of change in the designs of them to make them more um, presentable for us. So we are alert that it's a medical alert. You can get a necklace or a bracelet. So Thank you for being a member of ACB Diabetics in Action. And I will get that information to you this evening. Of, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Can I put my email in the chat? Um, no, ma'am. Um, not at this time. But because Becky knows you, um, I am one of your new board of directors for American Council Um diabetics in action and so what i'll do is i'll send it out because i think there'll be several people in our membership that might not have one or may want a new one you know (laughs) and i just realized one i really do because uh i live alone and plus my sister she's my uh, home attendance and i really could use one because you know like when i'm really totally sleep or way heavy sleep uh, you know or maybe my sugar's low 
I got to make sure that I got to, you know, press that button in order for the ambulance to come and, you know, get me and everything. Cause yeah, that's, that's really is, you know, something that I have to do, but anyway, thank you so much. Anyway, Terry. Oh, you are so welcome. And we'll get information. First of all, you said jewelry and I'm a woman at heart. Let's talk jewelry. And it has a purpose of giving us medical information. Hello. Yeah. We'll make that happen for you. Great. And Terry. Question. Yes. Sorry. Just want to jump in and let you know we have five minutes. Five minutes. Are there uh -huh. any more hands up? Yes. Becky has her hand raised. Okay. We're going to wait on our patient for one minute. Becky, are you okay? Is there anything you need emergently? No. Okay. I... <laughs> okay. Um, so all I want to say is, is I need one minute to explain this form of medication that is very important. Um, when Jay and Darrow ask about medications, there is a form of medications that have become very prevalent in the last 20 years. It is your erectile dysfunction medication. If you are using Viagra, Cialis, any form of those medications, please, please make sure that you inform us as soon as you can, because we have actually had to change our protocols and realized in about, it was around 2010 um, that we were arriving at the scene and Viagra was originally developed for angina chest pain. And we were only focusing this on cardiac patients. But what we were learning is, is when we give you some medications, the interaction will cause a reaction where your blood pressure will just bottom out. And what's important about that is, is once it happens, there is no, no epinephrine, no dopamine, no dibutamine, no, there is no medication that we can do to combine, to bring your blood pressure up. So it is so important that if you've taken a medication, even if it's the first time and maybe it wasn't prescribed to you, um, please don't be embarrassed. We see everyone at their worst, not at your best. Okay. Um, <coughs> Becky, thank you so much for waiting. How are you feeling? I'm feeling much better. Thanks to um, you and Daryl and Jay. I really appreciate it. Well, I just want to share with you um, the reason why you were walking into walls and acting, your blood sugar was less than 23. And we have now in the last few hours gave you some fluid and gave you um, some sugar, some dextrose in your IV. How are you? Um, has this ever happened to you before? Um, not to this extreme. No. Okay. What do you think happened today? I just uh, didn't um, follow my diet and didn't uh, do the things that I needed to do and take my insulin at the time that I was supposed to. Do you have, do you have any family or friends here? Um, no, but I will work on that. And based on what you shared tonight, um, you know, I will work on getting things set up. Um, can we shift gears now? We can. <laughs> Round of applause. Woohoo. All right. Thanks, Becky, so much. And now I'm going to hand you the mic. And I just want everybody to know that health checkup, if you want us to come do any kind of shows like this for you on whatever medical topic, we will be honored. You can reach us by emailing us at healthcheckup at gmail.com. Oh, no, that's health not it. Health checkup ACB. Okay. Health checkup ACB at gmail.com. And then we also have a Facebook page. But of course, Becky's going to let you guys all know about how to join and the wonderful things that ACB Diabetics in Action are doing. Take it away, Becky. Okay. Thanks, guys, for coming. Um, one thing that I want to let people know is um, I, think, I think we need to have a little more inf information and conversation about how to deal with the highs and lows of, of diabetes. And, and so that's something that I think we need to, to focus on um, in, a, in a future call. Um, one thing I want to do first is let you know that um, if you are interested in ACB diabetics or have, you know, found that this is interesting and you have questions or want more information, you can send an email to ACB 
D-A-O-R-G at gmail.com. And those initials are the ACB Diabetics in Action. Um, if you were wanting to become part of ACB Diabetics, um, dues are $10. You can go to our website, which is acbda.org. Um, <clears throat> there's a membership tab and um, you can fill the form out and uh, join the, the team. Um, Tanya, your question about the jewelry and the medical alert tabs, um, tags and, and that sort of thing. Um, Terry, my response to that is let's maybe put something together and put it on the listserv because I know a lot of people are on the listserv um, or have it available in case somebody emails me as well. Um, so I think um, that is, uh, has taken us to the top of the hour. Uh, again, I want to thank Herbie for streaming, um, Allison for being a, a wonderful host, um, Terry, Darrow, Jay, thank you so much for coming and speaking with ACB Diabetics in action. Um, we have our, oh, couple of things coming up just uh, quickly. We have our ACBDA chat, which is this coming Saturday at um, 5 Eastern. Um, and then we will have a chat again on Monday. It's the fourth Monday of the month at 7.30 Eastern. So watch your community um, calendars for that as well. Thank you all for uh, attending and have a great night.